Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Buxom is a young producer who is from Toronto, Ontario. Having released three stunning EPs that expand the vocabulary of hip-hop production and reveal some deep appreciation for genuine musical expression, Obuxum has made a name for herself and is known for her distinctive sound. Her latest EP is called Her, abbreviated as H-E-R, or Hearing Every Rhythm, and ahead of her appearance at Guelph's 2018 Holy Smokes Music Festival on October 12th and 13th, she and I caught up to discuss her life and her mother who fled war-torn Somalia for Canada, the racialized misperceptions of the Jane and Finch neighborhood in Toronto, making non-rock music but working with sound people who are used to mixing rock bands, her influences and early interest in music, the Her EP, her upcoming plans, and much more. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash creative control, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, this is the 433rd episode of Creative Control featuring the remarkably talented and thoughtful Obuxum with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Obuxum. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm very well. It's nice to have you on the show. I uh, want to know, first of all, where in the world are you as we're speaking? I'm in Toronto. I'm actually downtown. Oh, okay. Are you Are you in your home? Where are you? Um, I was going to use the studio 
in a bit. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Start working on some stuff. Now, you're the type of person who has your own studio space, or do you, you have to go somewhere and, and hire someone and pay for the, the thing? I actually don't have my own studio space. I'm currently like just working on kind of like transforming my bedroom into my studio space. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So currently, like I just go to my workplace. I work with uh, I work with youth, and um, there's actually a studio space there. So I use that. Oh, okay, so when you say you work with mm-hmm. youth, what kind of youth do you work with per se? I work with like. I work with all kinds of youth, uh-huh. youth I would say. Uh-huh. Um, I predominantly, like, I work within the downtown core. So a lot of these kids, like, you know, like, live in housing. And they're kind of seeing, like, all these condos going up and, like, kind of, like, just taking over, like, their community. And they're pretty, like, upset about it. Hmm. That's been, like, that's been, like, a back. That's been a battle that has been happening. And this is actually the waterfront community. So it's a pretty tight-knit community and, like, all these kids, like, you know, they are, they're artists, they're entrepreneurs. Some of them are still finding themselves, as we all are. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and like, yeah, they just come to the space to kind of chill out. I help them find jobs and, you know, like, try to connect them with resources that they need. Oh, that's that sounds amazing. That's an amazing yeah. way to spend your time. Um, can you yeah. – I, I don't know your, your full story. It's one of the reasons I, I wanted to have you on the show. I've seen you perform a few times, and uh, as you – I think you know I'm a fan. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, But I don't know your, your story per se. Can you relate to what these kids are going through from your own experience? Like what, what part of Toronto did you grow – I believe you – are you from Are you from Toronto exactly? I right? am. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can you, can you relate to what they're going through based on your own uh, upbringing? I mean, yeah, definitely. I think that like I'm – well – Still, I was born and raised in Jenna Finch. I mean, I'm still there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I was raised by going like a lot of my childhood, even like some parts of my adulthood, I would stay still currently. Like I've been raised around community and community programming. I feel like that's like my first, that was my first introduction into creativity. I used to dance a lot. So like when I was young, I used to see all these like different dancers, like kind of like battling out. In dance groups, you know, like I used to sing when I was young, mm-hmm. of, like a failed career. But um, yeah, so I used to <laughs> sing, like, you know, and like I used to dance and um, all these things I was introduced to by going to the local community center. It was actually called the Recreation Center and they they actually teared that down. It was within the Fairgrove community. So like with these youth, I feel like I can definitely relate to them. I think the only difference is access. I see. Because I feel like youth from the downtown core, where particularly like where I work, have like a better chance of accessing things that like I couldn't, you know? Sure. And like, yeah, like downtown is like where everything happens. It's like, you know, like where I'm from is like, you don't really see like show, like you don't really see like art shows or music shows that are happening as often as downtown, for example. Like where I live is like very like isolated compared to, to downtown. Yeah. And I feel like like that's the disconnect between me and them, like me and the youth, right? But like in terms of like everything else, like I completely relate to them. I see. No, I, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. And there will be people listening to the show from potentially all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, as someone who grew up uh, outside of Toronto, I have a sense of what Jane and Finch sort of signifies in terms of a uh, a neighborhood, a, a corner. I think people are hopefully across Canada maybe have some sense of it or at least a 
probably a, a, a perception of it that isn't quite accurate. Um, right. Just to contextualize it a bit further in terms of where you grew up, what Jane and Finch might signify to people here. Can you elaborate upon that, the area you grew up on, grew up in rather, and, and how it relates to what you're saying about downtown Toronto? I mean, Jane and Finch, like you said, like, you know, there's a huge stigma against Jane and Finch, you know, like people are like, oh my God, Jane and Finch, like it's so dangerous, you know, like, you know, cause like that's where like, I guess like the hoods, <laughs> the hoods are in sure, quotation. Right. Um, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's, it's complete bullshit. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, I definitely like I never felt unsafe in my community. I mean, granted, stuff happens, right? Um, but I feel like it happens everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, like the stigma is like you know, like if you're if you're born and raised in Jane Finch, it's like, you know, it's likely that like you're not gonna go to university, or you know, you're just gonna drop out and become like a drug dealer, or like you know, like, just not succeed. Like, those are the kind of connotations that like folks put on youth from Jane Finch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a it's there's a, I think the subtext of what you're saying is there's an inherently racist uh, perception of, of, of that of that area from people who are not uh, from the area, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. like, you know, like, yeah, like it's 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 really annoying. It's like sometimes I'm like hesitant to like tell people like where I'm from just because like I know it's going to be like, oh, my God, it's like, you know, like the the cover up is that's so far. But they're looking at oh, me like, right, right. you know, like they're, they're looking at me like, oh, you're from Jennifer. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So you so you were aware you, know? you were you grew up in the area and were aware of the stigma when you left the area. But the area itself was kind of close knit. Like, is that what you're saying? Like people were pretty galvanized in, in your neighborhood? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm still there right now. So it's like, right. I, I still live there. So like, you know, like our like where I'm from is like, everybody knows everybody. Right. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, you know, we brought, we wouldn't we have like annual barbecues or if we have one, we're having like we have like block parties in the summer, like everybody like knocks on each other's door and like, you know, like come through. And it's like even like we even have like a sense of community sharing. So it's like if my mom like runs out of sugar, she knows that she can go next door and ask somebody yeah. for sugar, you know, like that, like that kind of building. It's like people that raised me like are people from my community, like my mom trusted and them to raise me or to help for like foster like my growth especially because she came to Canada when she was like 19 years old single and like pregnant with me so it's like she had to like depend on the community to help essentially like raise me and all my siblings so you you, um, you, you say your mother came here can you both say uh, speak to where she came from and also oh, and also maybe why why she ended up in uh, that part of uh, Toronto um well she like my my mother's from Somalia mm-hmm. and um she came to Canada because of the civil war. Mm-hmm. So like you know like her home was being destroyed, you know like my grandfather was killed in that. Mm. So she came to Canada like to basically escape that violence. And um when she came to when she came to Canada, she lived like she always lived within the Jane Finch community and I actually don't particularly know why she chose Jane Finch hmm. but what I asked her is mom how can how come we never left and her answer was I feel safe in Jane Finch right that's you know, her, that's she, her home that's her home and like right. she feels like she feels very safe like if we were to buy a house she would buy a house in Jane Finch right like that's where she feels safe and like that's what she knows it's like you know so you know I really like 
that helped me like kind of like contextualize like my own experience and like when I'm explaining to people like where I'm from and like how much of a beautiful place it is because like you know my mom my mom like you know my mom went through that that makes sense like, it, it does make sense and I was about to ask uh, you to elaborate upon that I suppose that notion of growing up in Toronto being born there uh, because mm-hmm. you know your mother's heritage you know your family's heritage uh, and it's quite different from the way you came up in Canada. Right. So I had a similar thing where my parents were from India. They raised me here, and and I felt the two poles, I suppose, of like mm-hmm. cultural clashing and all that stuff. So I, I was just curious if you can speak to how that experience of, of having this duality, if you will, has shaped yeah. you into who you are. I feel like, you know, like I'm still trying to figure out, like, you know, I've, I've never actually like been to Somalia, but like, you know, like I speak... I speak the language fluently and like you know so like i think that i think that's amazing because like yeah. my other siblings don't really speak the language they understand it right but they don't speak it and for me it's like i really didn't start really digging into like my like my somali heritage or like actually taking it seriously until i started making music like i dropped an ep called loon in 2015 mm-hmm. and like that ep is kind of is dedicated to my mom and um like you know like i started that i started a series called the metaphor series so the first ep of that series is is actually loop and what i wanted to do with that whole series is just kind of figure out like you know like my experience of you know of being somali of being a woman of being an artist and like how those things all connect so i was doing like research within like somali music like i sampled like couple different like vocals um i went to a party like a a welcome party in my culture my grandma came back from i think she went to dubai so she came back from dubai um we did a welcome party for her a welcome party i've not heard of that a welcome party someone goes away you welcome them back with a party yes (laughs) okay i I get that right i just am guessing it sounds like that's what you're saying yeah yeah, and like we kind of like we're kind of like blessing like their their safe arrival, right? Into, their return, like, right? Yeah, it's for yeah. the return, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like there's like a, a, a big tradition that we do is like we have like tea, and like you know this conversation going on, and there's like amazing pastries. So there's a track on my EP on Lu, sorry, called Shah Iosheko. Mm-hmm. That means like tea in conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the beginning of the track, I actually sampled, like, all my aunties and my mom, basically, like, blessing my grandma back into the space. I see. And, okay. okay. Yeah, and I put that in the beginning of the track. And, like, you know, like, every time I perform that track, it's, like, it kind of, like, brings me back to that moment. Hmm. Just because, like, you know, like, I don't, like, I wasn't really, like, going to a lot of family functions and stuff like that. But it's, like, when I do, it's almost like I get inspired, like, instantly just based on the overwhelming amount of love that's present like how like you know how like we exchange like love with each other you know and like just how we practice that and like for me like I incorporate I try to incorporate that as much into my music as possible right I I, I see what you're saying there now you, you mentioned earlier that you first got into music because of the the rec centers that you ended up having access to and then mm-hmm. you also were just talking about how you did research about what it means to be a, a, a woman from Somalia making the kind of music you make now. And I, I'm curious if we can go through that a little bit in terms of what okay. prompted you to take up music in the first place 
and uh, and then maybe arrive at uh, a voice because I think unlike some producers some artists mm-hmm. you have developed your own voice and and I, mm-hmm. it's to the point now where for those of us who follow you we know when mm-hmm. there's a no book some track like it, it's just obvious on some level now because <laughs> it's quite <laughs> it's quite distinctive so i uh, what i'm saying is uh yeah can you talk about maybe how you got into music uh, how you nurtured your abilities and then within that the research that you're describing about being a woman from somalia making uh, hip-hop music in canada what that might mean like if you if you came to any conclusions after your research i suppose so sorry three or four questions there but yeah, no, cool. uh, <laughs> just trying to think about everything you've been discussing and, and uh, ask you some questions so uh, yeah can you field any of that yeah so like okay i'm gonna be like completely honest like i sure definitely like got into music by accident like when like i was like i don't know like when i was in high school i started like studying a lot and like i just kind of like ignored like my artisticness like i kind of just left at the door like you know i stopped dancing like i just stopped doing all that stuff because i was just like you know like art is like not realistic like you can't make money like being an artist like you can't you're not going to succeed if you're an artist so i kind of like put that in my back in the back of my head just because also like i felt like i was getting like pressure at home to like you know like finish school and like become something in quotations like prestigious like a lawyer doctor whatever earn money basically yeah like yeah so you know because i'm like i'm essentially the first person to finish university in my family Uh so like from my mom like that was like a big thing like she just wanted to make sure that like i was gonna be supposedly educated right yeah but yeah nonetheless like you know i started working at like where i'm currently at at waterfront neighborhood center when i was 18 years old Hmm. and like i started working with children and i was really interested in old hip-hop like you know like far side stuff wu-tang like this is like that kind of hip-hop wasn't hip-hop that i was raised on right so you know i was raised on like more canadian hip-hop like cardinal official swollen members you know like that's the kind of hip-hop like i knew when i was a kid right but it's like yeah like i didn't really know like american hip-hop or like even international hip-hop so i was doing a lot of research just on hip-hop and i wanted to kind of use hip-hop as a tool to like teach to teach children like you know instead of playing Katy perry like i wanted them to listen to to hip-hop or hip-hop beats that's so fascinating because i had i'm older than you uh, and i had the opposite i mostly was exposed to American hip hop, uh, and, and so the things you cited there, Wu Tang, Far Side, those meant a lot to me. But yeah. then, because of much music and and certain radio regulations here, you'd hear. Uh, I think, fortunately, we'd hear a lot more Canadian hip hop or be exposed to a lot more Canadian hip hop. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had a bit of both. And then Wu Tang would would sort of, you know, big up Cardi and sort of have mm-hmm. Cardi on tracks, and it was kind of fascinating. Anyway, I, I, I that's just it's that's an age thing. I think that more yeah. than like we grew up in the same place, but I just came up when American hip-hop was really dominant. We had Maestro yeah. Fresh West when I was a kid, which was a big deal, actually, now that mm-hmm. I think about it. But, yeah, that's that's a whole other conversation about how uh, hip-hop has been represented here. And it's obviously a lot different because of Drake and, and other people yeah, succeeding exactly. now. So, anyway, but that's fascinating to me, though. But please, continue. Yeah, like... So, you know, like, I was just like, okay, like, you know, like that, like that, that kind of hip hop to me, I don't even know why I loved it so much. Like, Mm. I think what made me like go hard with researching all that stuff is like when I first heard Drop by the Far Side and I really loved the video. I was just so stuck in the video. Like I kept playing and I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. I've never seen a video shot backwards. It's a backwards video. The Beastie Boys are in it. A couple of the Beastie Boys are in it. Yeah, that's a good video. 
you know what I mean? And then yeah. like I was also listening to a lot of like underground hip hop at the time. So I was listening to like Atmosphere. Oh yeah. I was listening to like Blue Scholars and uh, Macklemore before he blew up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I was just in Rhapsody as well. Like I was listening to a lot of like underground stuff at the time. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, like uh, to fast forward that um, during my summer training when I first entered like this workplace working with the children there was like one of like i consider him my mentor his name is he goes by sotio and he's a photographer and he actually did my cover for her okay um so at the time he was a youth worker and um he was like oh you know if any of you guys are interested like you know there's a program called leap it's gonna be about like hip-hop stuff whatever so i'm thinking like it's gonna be a program like about like maybe like hip-hop education you know i thought it's gonna be like more like writing stuff i didn't know it was going to be like a beat making class oh okay so like i walked in and like you know i met my other mentor who his name is chris Zach. he taught me how to make beats and um it was it was a studio and i was just like okay like you know like am i in the wrong place and he's like you know like this is <laughs> this is this is the right place you know just have a seat i'm going to be teaching like how to like making beats and i was just like okay well this is not something that i'm interested in but like i was like literally like the second person in the room and i was just like okay like let me just stay and be nice and i'll be rude and walk out um do you, do, so, you, yeah, like, do, you do you want to speak to why you weren't interested in the beat making aspect you mentioned you were a dancer you you did some singing like were you thinking i want to be a, a rapper or were you thinking you wanted to be more in the forefront and that because it's been a long haul for producers and 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 DJs and whoever, like the people behind the sounds, it, it seemed to take a while for people who weren't true heads, I guess, to really appreciate how much work was going into what we were hearing. Like, did you feel like there was like a, they just, producers weren't getting enough due for what, they're, what they were doing? No, I don't think, like, I just don't think that I cared about hip-hop production. Oh, okay, you know, like that, okay, you know okay, what I mean? Like, sure. I don't, like, I feel like, I feel like I loved it. Like, I loved, like, listening to instrumentals and beats and, you know, like, hearing artists over it. But, like, I just was not interested in, like, creating that kind of work, you know? Because I just entered university at the same time. Like, I'm thinking, like, hey, you know, I'm going to okay. work here. Like, you know, like, make money to support me throughout school and, like, you know, like, take school seriously right right it wasn't an ego thing then it wasn't like some sort of like i want to do something else within the art form you you were just being practical pragmatic about yeah. It. yeah 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 okay i get it yeah and i was just like i was just like you know like maybe i can bring in a teacher to teach them like break dancing i just wanted to just kind of learn like how i can just incorporate like hip-hop into my daily programming with the children right, right. like that was like my biggest thing like i didn't even care how i just wanted to just incorporate some kind of of learning using like hip-hop as a tool mm-hmm. i mean i wasn't in my head like it wasn't really clear you know so like yeah so you know like he started like teaching me like how to make beats it was me and another dude that was in the class and we were using like reason at the time and like the first lesson that he did was like basically like how to remake a beat which everything i'm not gonna lie like flew over my head yeah sure it's like, a lot it that's flew- a lot to process yeah yeah, like it just flew over my head and I'm like, what's a beat? Like, what's a bar? You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so, you know, like all those things were like very new to me. It wasn't until we got into sampling, which was probably like the fourth week. Hmm. And I kept going, like it was twice a week. So I just kept going. I didn't even have a laptop at the time. So like I just went to just like mess around with the program because it would give us some free time at the ending to just kind of mess around with it. And I was like, sure, you know, I didn't really have anything to do. So yeah, like I didn't, like I didn't actually love it until 
we started learning sampling because then I learned that a lot of the hip hop stuff that I'm listening to were like mostly made using this method. Right. Sure. Right. Okay. So like that's what like made me like oh my god that's so cool. <laughs> so <laughs> and then like you know like I got into Flying Lotus at the time. Right. So I was like oh my god like this is like this is crazy like this type of stuff is like his music to me was just so insane and like it's very technical his music is very technical so i was like wow like i feel an experience when i'm listening to his stuff and it's just instrumentally based and i'm like you know like i want to do that so do you feel more you've learned it on a technical level in terms of your craft but do you feel mm -hmm. more and more musical now yeah definitely i mean like yeah. even like my thought like my thought process is different now and like my hearing is very different now and the kinds of music i listen to is like very open like i listen to everything yeah i draw from everything yeah so it's not like you know like those times i was just very stuck on like like you know like 90s hip-hop and like the boom bap and it's like now i'm just going back and i'm like hmm, like you know like i feel like i'm a lot more progressive now and i'm not copying anymore i'm just doing things that feels good to me right now you i've seen you perform and you've brought mcs with you but you are primarily in in terms of the music i know that you've made you, you primarily make instrumental hip-hop right is that fair to say yeah well i feel like it, it draws from hip-hop i feel like a lot of the elements that i use are hip-hop but i feel like it's very open oh, okay okay um so i feel like like how i like to classify it is like experimental music i would say I mean, it. I guess it sounds like hip hop because, like, I feel like I, like, you know, like as I'm like making new and newer work, I feel like I'm kind of like drawing away from hip hop in a sense. Do you know? Do you know what you're drawing yourself closer to, though? I know you say experimental, which is a very broad term, but if you're yeah, moving definitely. away from hip hop, is there another sort of genre signifier that you're moving towards? Again, I, I, I would. I don't want to pigeonhole you. Oh no 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 no! Yeah. Like I would say, like more like dancey stuff like okay. more like I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna say afrobeat but like you know things that are like like are just a lot more like rhythmic like percussion based stuff like dance music basically like that's where like i feel like i'm kind of like heading into but still not uh, still not vocally oriented right no right no. so you're i was gonna ask this question because you are that's a challenge in itself where you are making a kind of experimental music that is very difficult to classify it is related to a music that is popular but still somehow marginalized i don't know how right. that's possible but that's the nature of hip-hop and the sphere surrounding <laughs> it like it's both at the same time and then mm -hmm. you're a woman you are mm -hmm. a person of color there's a lot of complicated things going on there in terms of you just presenting yourself and being who you are in a country that doesn't always accept people doing all of the things I just outlined. How do, yeah. you, how do you feel about your sort of standing in, uh, in Toronto, in Canada? Like, uh, are you comfortable? Do you feel like you've experienced anything negative thus far uh, in your musical uh, trajectory? Um, I feel like, I feel like it's a battle. Like, it's a constant battle. I feel like I get a lot of disrespect from sound people. 
Right, of course. Um, yeah, like I get a lot of, lot of, lot of disrespect to the point where, like, sorry, I didn't, know, I, I, I didn't mean to say, of course, for any other reason than you are. Frankly, <laughs> you're a woman, so that's yeah, the main. When you said sound that's people, insane. that's all I was getting. I didn't mean any of the other stuff, so I didn't no, mean no, 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 it. No. Okay, yeah, that's a, no, just I, a, de- I definitely didn't take it like that. I kind of, no but I, but why I said of course is because I talked to so many women, and particularly on this show, and, yeah. they, and they say that like it's still a problem. Um, and sound people need to be educated and some of them are phasing out like the older guard and I feel like that's helping like, uh, yeah. younger people. Anyway, sorry, please continue. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like for me, it's even worse because like I work with a laptop and a sampler, right. Or yeah. like a MIDI controller. Like that's why I feel like it's even worse for me because it's like, I'm not a, like, I'm not technically a band. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And so I'm not going on stage. I'm not singing. I'm not playing a guitar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. I'm not doing that stuff. So it's like you know, like when I sometimes when I get these bookings, it's like I'm playing like in between rock bands, like when I did Kazoo, like when you first saw me. Oh yes, like, that's right. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like Kazoo though, like when I did like that show. Like that was one of the like my most favorite shows I've ever done until like to this day, oh. just because like I feel like you know the the sound person was great, the sound in there was great, like they were very like accommodating to my needs, mm-hmm. and like you know like that's why I love coming to Guelph because I feel like I always feel like I'm at home oh. in Guelph, which is like which is like weird I, I guess <laughs> <laughs> you, but you've in, made some friends there, so that helps of course and, yeah yeah but in, like in Toronto like I think. Yeah, like it's it's annoying because like you know like the sound guys like generally really rude, um you know like I'll be like you know turn this up or turn that down or you know can I get some in my monitors or whatever and like yeah like I feel like during my set it's like like what I asked for is not is not there and it's like I'm very particular even though I'm working with a laptop and like a MIDI controller it's like I'm still very particular of my sound you know what I mean like I know like how I want my stuff to sound and I want you to do it mm. you know so it's like it's kind of like it's just really annoying when they like completely like disregard me in that sense and do you think that I mean I alluded to the fact that that it might have something to do something to do with the fact that you're a woman but do you think that also has something to do with the fact that that's just not a kind of music they were kind of trained or excited to mix because I feel I like I mean yeah totally yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah totally like that's that like that's another big thing right it's like you know like people be like mm, like your music is like different or you know like <laughs> You know, and I'm just like, just say weird. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm cool with it. You know, like, <laughs> like I like I actually personally don't care, like, how, like, what you think about my music. It's like, 
when I made all this stuff, it's like all my music comes from a very, very, very vulnerable place. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like I do this because like it made me feel good. And if I can share that experience with you and you feel good about it, then that's amazing. If not, that's great too. Just keep it moving, right? Yeah. Do you think that we're talking about this issue in terms of sound people? What, yeah. What needs to really be done to affect change from your perspective beyond a conversation like this one that maybe a few of them will hear, but... Do you have advice for promoters and sound people before you come through, like in turn, and before people like you come through, uh, artists like you come through with their stuff? Like, what what would you like to say to them, just so that they're kind of in a mental space to to be civil and professional with a, an artist like yourself coming in? I feel like I'm I'm always like I'm I always like I give gratitude to everybody in the space. So from like the bartender to the door person to the sound person, it doesn't matter who you are. If I know that you're like helping create this space, then I'm going to give gratitude to you. So yeah, yeah. one thing that I want to say, like particularly to sound people, is like don't don't judge the artist. You know what I mean? Like don't judge them based on how they look or what kind of gear that they're using or the kind of music that they're playing. It's like, even if you don't like that, it's kind of like, you don't need to have that on your face, you know? Like, mm -hmm. you need to also ask them, like, hey, like, you know, like, are you, after you check my sound, like, give me, like, why don't you ask, like, why don't, why, why don't we create, like, signals to one another? So, like, you know, like, if fingers up, that means it's good. If it's, you know, like, I can, like, we can create some kind of signals to one another. So, like, you know, like, it's, yeah. We're properly communicating like even during my set like not even the check itself like even during my set it's like can you pay attention to me like can you look because like i'm somebody where like i'm very 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 like in tune in my sets so like you know like i really want the sound person to pay attention to me during my set it's not like look at me the whole time but it's like you know like i may give you a signal like you know can you turn it up or can you turn it down and i really want you to like you know like be engaged yeah. in in my set, like not just the sound check, it's like just because the check sounds good doesn't mean that the actual performance is going to sound good, right? Yeah. I think there's, uh, unfortunately, I think it goes, it's the same thing with the musicians who struggle. I think sound people um, struggle with their level of success, perhaps. And this is not, uh, this is a general statement, but I have come across sound people in my travels across the world. Uh, where you can just tell they're a little annoyed at their station in life. Like they didn't quite achieve, maybe they're aspiring musicians themselves and they got into sound because yeah. it was in the realm. Maybe they wanted to be studio people and that didn't work out. Some, it just seemed to me that more so than any other aspect of the musical realm, whether it's being a musician or a promoter or booker, there was just some kind of embittered streak within a sound person where it's a bit of a thankless job unless someone like you as you say shows gratitude no one really acknowledges that the sound person is an important if not possibly the most important, most important person exactly in the room yeah you know, like a band can be amazing but if the sound person's not good it doesn't matter so yeah. i i have a th i don't mean to go too far into this theory or idea <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah. but i do think there's that i'm not and i'm not trying to make excuses for them either i just I know this is a problem, and um, yeah. and I've heard from many artists like yourself that it is a problem. So I appreciate you speaking to it. That's all. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like it, like it sucks because like you know, the sound person's like like who potentially like I want to be friends with. Yes, you know what I mean? the most. Um, yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like that. Like that's what I look at. And it's like you know, I know that they probably have more to them than just being a sound person. I know that they probably are musically versed or whatever. So it's like you know, like I wanted to you know, kind of like share that experience or kind of get feedback on how they think my stuff sounds or yeah. like, you know, if I could check out their work, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like with a sound person, you can definitely build 
and like yeah they're also like responsible for so much they have to deal with so much pressure so it's like you know like if i can like say thank you or you know even ask you if you need water you know what i mean like i'll do that right it's it's a very good outlook and a good attitude that you have if i might say too like i appreciate having empathy for the sound people i think is is key to this relationship as well so i i appreciate what you're saying now you alluded to the fact that you um tried to curate a musical series i think is what you were saying in terms of the records you were releasing does the h does the her ep fall into that yes it's okay. actually the it's yeah it's the it's the final one okay. of that series okay and so yeah i'm curious if you can talk a little bit more about the series and then also in terms of what her represents because as i look through as i listen to the record and then also look through uh, the the song titles it, it is obviously uh, well for those who don't know I mean some of the actually I don't want to give too much away I want you to speak to it but okay. there, there are a lot of sort of uh, female centric themes that go through her and maybe it's obvious in the in the name as well but like you said earlier there was a, a series idea in mind can you speak to that and, and and how her relates to it yeah like I mean to like just be like to the point about the series it's like you know like through all through all three of the EP covers, like if you look at them, like they're all of my face. Mm -hmm. And I did that very intentionally just because like I really wanted like the series to kind of document like my experience of being, you know, like a, like a sound artist and a producer and like, you know, like I was traveling a lot during those times as well. So like I wanted to put, I wanted to put like everything that I experienced into the music. That's why like the tracks like sound like really different. Like throughout, I feel like that's like most consistent thing about my three EPs is that the project doesn't, like everything doesn't sound the same. Hmm. Like it's really an it's really an experiment for me in terms of like, you know, I'm probably playing with like new methods of like of music making in the series, you know, and I wanted to to really like tell a story. So like I feel like with with Lou, like I started off by giving thanks to my mother. Um, like, you know, a lot of the stuff on there was very hip hop and then I went into Itsuyama and Itsuyama is like basically my story of going to Haiti hmm. and like, you know, learning about new kinds of music. So like Kaduru, Zumba and like that music, like really, really, really impacted me hmm. um, and positively impacted me. I originally went to Haiti because I wanted to like learn more about uh, dancing and drumming. Yeah. So when I went to Haiti, like I stayed in a village called La Bajo, which is actually the name of a track on Itiyama. And, like, yeah, like, I was, like, staying in the village and, like, you know, I was drumming, dancing, like, you know, like, playing with the children in the village. And it was actually funny. Like, this is a, a funny story, actually. So the head person of the village, he he, he goes by the servitor, right? I yeah. never actually knew his name. I just knew that he was the servitor. So he was, like, the head boss of the village. I see. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you know, we had a translator with us and um, I, went, I went with my, my ex-partner at the time and um, we had a translator who basically came on the trip with us, who's kind of like accompanying us because he's from uh, Haiti as well. And um, yeah, so like, you know, like the translator was basically telling like the head person that, you know, like I'm a hip hop producer and like, you know, like I want to like. Like, basically, like, you know, if I could teach, like, kids about hip-hop or whatever, if they rap, like, I wanted to hear that kind of stuff. And, this, and the head boss is like, no. Hmm. No hip-hop in the village. Like, no hip-hop in the village. Oh. Right. Do you know, so then, do you know, like, do you know why? No. He just said no. No. Just no. Okay. <laughs> he just said no. And I was just like, okay. And, like, I was, like, just kind of peeping his personality. And I'm like, you know, like, he has, like, authoritative issues. Like, right. it's not even, like, hip-hop. I don't think 
like I was like just asking people like is it disrespectful and they're like no he just doesn't like that so I'm like okay so on the last day like the last day I was staying in the village um I was playing like music off my phone and I had this Jay Dilla beat and it was called uh track 32 and I was just I was just playing and I was just bobbing my head and then like all the kids like came up to me and like you know like I I had a language barrier so like I didn't really understand what they were saying and like you know I was just bobbing my head to the beat and they were like they're riding they're like bobbing to it and then this one kid starts rapping in creole oh wow like going off and i was like yo this sounds so sick and i took a video of it like i lost that phone unfortunately oh, no. but i was just like oh my god this sounds so sick he was going off and then the servitor basically saw what was happening because like, the village is really small like you see all these kids in a circle with me so the <laughs> servitor is like okay like what's going on and he's seen like the kid like rapping he's like no 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 this needs to stop right now Oh, he tried to put a stop. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, he did, and like all the like, like everybody kind of like went back into like their homes. But that's telling. So even though there was this sort of prohibition on hip hop, the kids were finding it and learning how to do it. Like yeah, and, but the thing is that they already knew it. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like they already, like they already, like I feel like hip hop is like you know, like it's super universal, and I feel like it changes all the time. But hip hop means different everywhere you go yeah you know so like these kids already knew hip-hop you know what i mean like i didn't go there to teach them about like american hip-hop i just want to understand like, what hip-hop looks like to them yeah right. before that, learning about the other kinds of music that's right? that's cool when what year was this by the way that you went this is 2015 oh, okay not too long ago okay okay yeah okay yeah and like yeah they were like rapping and going off i'm like wow this is like very beautiful so so that inspired after, the second ep is that what you're saying yes right yes. okay so yeah, so then like I left the village and then I went to Jacques Mal. Like Jacques Mal is like known to be like the arts, the art hub of Haiti, mm-hmm. and like yeah, like I like met a couple people like in the hostel I was staying in, and like they were like just like playing like different like tracks. And there was this one DJ named DJ Nicka Fox, and um, he he makes like Kuduru like 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 dance beats. And I was just like, I was just literally like obsessed <laughs> with this music. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. This is sick. So basically like my whole project of Itayama, like kind of like, like is heavily influenced by, I would say him. Oh. Um, and like, yeah, like just the way that he's able to like make very rhythmic music. It sounds simple. Like his stuff sounds simple, but it's not. Right. It's very intricate. It's very layered. Um, and it's very, very, very rhythmic, and I really, really, really love that. Nice. And then, yeah, so that's like that's basically Itiyama. Itiyama, actually, how I came up with the title is in in like Haiti in Creole means Ayatima, and I basically flipped it backwards. You do that. You you tend to turn uh, names and, and make them backwards. I've, I've noticed this about you. Is that yeah? Is that <laughs> that's just a thing you like to do? Yeah, like even like, you know, like my name is my real name backwards. Right. Just, I don't know. That's what I was alluding yeah. to, really. I don't think you yeah. do this all the time, but maybe I, I, you, it is a thing you like to do. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the thing is like, I'll, I'll look at something and I'll be like, hmm, how can I like remix it? Or if it sounds cool backwards, it's like, that's what I'll generally go with. Right. Um, right. Okay. Yeah, so, so that was the second EP. So what, how did, uh, what do you want to say about her, which came out this year, right? 2018. It, yeah, so with her, like, I feel like her, I was like, okay, like, you know, I have Lula, I have Itiyama, like, I feel like those are, like, kind of, like, just drafts of my stuff. I wanted to make a little bit more, like, fuller things, oh, I see. but still right. relatively keep it short. So with her, like, I, her, like, I went through, like, a, like, I went through a lot, like, a, you know, a very good friend of mine died, but then also I started performing live for the first time, like, mm. you know, this whole world of, like, a buxom was, like, 
basically like really 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 coming into 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 light i would say like you know yeah. like i knew that i was a i was a music maker and i love to make music but the live performance was just a whole nother world that like really like kind of changed the way i kind of make music now so like with her like you know her stands for hearing every rhythm hmm. um and i actually wanted to go by her when i started making beats oh um but i was like okay like i don't that name is not kind of it's not too cool so <laughs> yeah with her like i feel like with her like that project i was kind of like just kind of wrapping up like my like my stories of like you know like making like learn how to make beats at 19 years old and you know first entry into like performing live and you know like dealing with like a lot of like stupid stuff in the in the performance industry and like you know like losing a friend of mine um, but then also also thinking to myself that like and reminding myself of my purpose. I see. You know, it's like that I should continue making music and that this is a dedication to all all folks, all women. You know, I prioritize all kinds of women and like that's my priority. My priority is women and I really wanted to kind of um use this project as kind of dedication to them. Dedication to all like strong working mothers, like Right, everybody. Right. So it, enca so it encapsulates you and a lot of the things you believe and, and stand for, and it and it, it sounds like it it, it reflects your uh, kind of uh, belief and in, in, in the strength of of women. And I appreciate that part. In terms of its mm -hmm. sonic sort of makeup, what would you say about it overall? Like when you, am I right? This did this came out this year, right? Yeah, well, originally it came on two thousand, like the ending of two thousand seventeen. Right, sorry. Um, but right. like, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just a digital thing. And then I'm on this label called Urbanet, and they they kind of picked it up and kind of finalized everything and turned it into into a like a real life thing because like <laughs> it was able to be a physical project, which I've always wanted to do, but never thought I would get the opportunity. So like. Yeah, like I was like so thankful and I was like very, very, very happy that her was that record that was like kind of my entrance into okay. that. So uh, I ask about the time frame because this is uh, like any record, like any musical project uh, that is released. It's sort of a thing that's frozen in time. Unless you're Kanye, yeah. and if you're Kanye, you just keep fixing it digitally uh, all the <laughs> time, and people don't know what version they've heard. But a physical yeah. record is frozen. Uh, what do you if you listen back to it like what are you hearing about yourself stylistically and within that I, I guess I'm curious where you're going do you have a sense of what's coming up next uh, can you speak to both of those things in terms of the style of it, of her and, and what it might mean for where you go next so with the style of her I feel like I was again like kind of like experimenting you know like um, Zip Discs is like a very dancey track pussy power which is in the middle like i do that i do that purposely so one thing that i always do with my records is like i want it to be a story from front to back right so i want the listener to go on a journey with each track and i kind of want it to start off slow and then build up right so that's something that like i've been doing and i do that very 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 intentionally yeah so with her, I feel like, you know, the last track, which is Dunking Vibrations, like that's like the, at least in my opinion, like I feel like that's the most like uh, energetic, layered, like I'm able to put in like all different kinds of like things that I like to listen to into that track. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's my strongest track. So that's why I made it the last one on there. Um, so like, right now. Huh. So it sort of signals there's to be continued. 
Like this is maybe yes. where I'm going. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, cool. That's cool. Yeah. So um, right now I'm I'm actually currently like working on my first full length album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have like a couple tracks in, but it's like, it's a little bit difficult because with the album, it's like, I want it to be like, instead of you listening to a one minute and 30 seconds, it's like all the tracks on there is going to be like two minutes or three minutes long. Um, and I'm going to have vocalist on this project and I'm kind of looking for a consistency in the album. Okay. So like, I want the tracks to be consistent sonically. So I feel like with like my EPs, it was like, I had a bunch of ideas and I just put out those ideas. And now it's like with the album, it's like, these are no longer ideas. Like each single track is now a, a, a product of one another. That sounds, so, that sounds cool. You have a concept in mind of some kind. Yeah, so with the album, it's basically going to be like a continuation of her. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. I, and it sounds like you're in the early stages of this. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, so we can't say too much more about it. but No, it, I can't. <laughs> it, will be, it will be coming and we can look out for it. So what else is, you, you mentioned you, you, you work at this uh, center and then you, you're making music. Uh, what's sort of up, and, and I assume you're working on the album, but uh, are you going to be playing shows as well? Like what, what else is going on? Yeah, so I'm actually, like I'm playing, I'm playing, playing a couple of shows. I've been busy, so I've been very, very, very thankful for that in terms of like the music stuff. So yeah, like I'm, I'm playing in Guelph for the Holy Smokes Music Festival. Um, I'm what, going what are the to, dates again? October twelfth uh, and thirteenth. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify <laughs> that. What, what, what else is going on? Yeah, and like I'm going to Halifax for the first time this month. Oh, nice um, for the Pop Explosion. I, yeah, I'm playing. Yeah, I'm playing Halifax Pop. I'm actually I'm playing on the 19th. I'm playing with this woman named Applecat. Oh, nice! She does like yeah, she does a lot of like techno, dance music stuff. So I'm really excited to to open for her. And yeah, I'm gonna be playing in Peterborough soon. So that's that's basically it for now, I guess. Nice. No, that's good. I'm glad you're 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 active as as I mentioned earlier, and mm-hmm. obviously by. I suppose it's implicit in my invitation to, to have you on the show. I'm a fan, so I'm glad yeah, I'm glad you. you're working so hard and it's working out. Yeah. Uh, where can people go to learn more about you on the uh, internet or anywhere else? Where would you like people to go? So like, okay, so that's like the most like, <laughs> thing um, that like I actually need to work on. Like I don't have a website and it's like, you need to like, if you're, if, if anyone is going to like look me up and like look at like different like things that I'm doing or even like shows and stuff like that. It's like, it's very important to put like my name in the Google search just because like you can easily like not find me. Um, that's true. But yeah, but the, the platform that I, the platforms that I prefer are like social media. Um, so yeah, so everything, like I have, I have Twitter, I have Facebook, I have Instagram. Instagram is like the place where like, if you want to see like the kinds of stuff that I'm doing, I usually promote it on there. Well, everywhere I promote it on. But in terms of music, listening to music, um, my band camp, it's a booksum, so O-B-U-X-U-M on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Okay. And Spotify. And okay. Spotify. I have Spotify too. Okay. So yeah. people will find you on social media. You've spelled it out. It's a booksum. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll find you, I hope. Uh, and I hope they uh, they feel like... Uh, we taught them something about you too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the show, is there a, if we could go out on one song from her, would you mind picking 
the song for us to, to play right now? Yes, um, Betty Blues Interlude. Oh, now why did that come to mind? Um, because I really, really like that's like that one. Like I really, like I love all of them, but like that one in particular is like it's very. It's I feel, I feel like it's very melodic and it's very it's very it's slow. It's not sl- too quick. Slow and melodic. Okay, that's yeah. That's just the vibe you're feeling right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's exactly. That's enough said. All right. This is uh, Betty yeah. Blue's interlude from her this EP by Obuxum, who is wonderful, and uh, we we I, on behalf of her, I will say that I hope you seek her music out. Uh, Obuxum, thank you so much thank for being you. on my show, <laughs> and best of luck with everything thank going so forward. Much. Okay. Thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate this. All my love and special thanks again to Obuxum for appearing on this, the 433rd episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms, and also on Spotify, YouTube, and Audioboom as well. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for on any of those platforms, or if you wish to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. Dot com. Again, vishkana.com. It's spelled exactly like it sounds, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me directly at vishkana. You can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, around the world at cfru.ca, or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. Your pledges mean a lot. Again, patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to Pete's Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support of the show. Thanks as well to my uh, good pal Jim Guthrie. Uh, He lets me use uh, one of his tunes. The rest is yet to come to end this show each and every week, and you can learn more about him at jimguthrie.org. And uh, finally, thank you. Thank you for listening to this show and making it a part of your daily, if not daily, maybe weekly, monthly, however, whatever part of your routine 
uh, my show is a uh, is also a part of. That would be great. I, I, I whatever it is, I mean, it's great. It's it's, it's fantastic. Thank you for uh, being a part of uh, my working life. I, uh, this didn't go as well as I planned. I just wanted to thank you and express my gratitude, and I appreciate it. And, and please continue to subscribe to this podcast and and tell other people to do the same and, and listen to the show because I. Uh, that's how it works. I make the thing, and then people like you listen to it, and I appreciate it. And I, I'm going to go. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.